You are welcome to a great moment in destiny. God is about to speak directly to you. And the message coming right up is crafted by heaven, not just to challenge you, but to align your destiny. As you embrace divine instruction, expect that God's word is bringing about revival, healing, restoration and transformation to your entire life. With faith in your heart and great expectation, join me and receive God's word through his choice vessel, Pastor Goodheart Obi Ekweme. Turn to Psalm 51. Psalm 51, we want to read together as a happy family from verse 10 to verse 17. Psalm 51, 10 to 17. Shall we read together as a family? Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit then will i teach transgressors thy ways and sinners shall be converted unto thee deliver me from blood guiltiness O god thou god of my salvation and my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness O lord open thou my lips and my mouth shall show forth thy praise for thou desirest not sacrifice, else will I give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. O God, thou wilt not despise. Somebody shout a big amen. amen. Psalm 118 verse 27, I will read to your hearing. God is the Lord which hath showed us light bind the sacrifices with cords even unto the horns of the altar. Bind the sacrifice with cords even unto the horns of the altar. Said over and over that an altar is never complete without a sacrifice for an assignment sacrifice for a forceful turnaround part number three sacrifice for a forceful turnaround part number three our father and our god on bended knees with hearts and hands raise up unto you as our sign of surrender both to your lordship to your majesty to your rulership and to your dominion I beseech you, Abba Father, to take a coal of fire from the altar of heaven and on the lips and the tongues of clay of the seventh son of yours tonight that I will come to your people with a word from the throne of grace. Help me to go beyond my study, contemplation, and my memory. Help me to speak expressly your very counsel. Move every man, every boy, every girl from where we are tonight to the place you've reserved and preserved for us in the place called destiny. As all Always, we vow to return the praise, the glory, the honor back unto you. In Jesus' victorious name, we have prayed. Let somebody shout a bigger amen. amen. And you may be seated in God's wonderful presence. Sacrifice for a forceful turnaround, part number three. Beloved, a few weeks ago, I ministered precisely along the lines of this particular subject matter. So far, we have delved into two parts of the series and tonight, by the grace of God, we want to delve into the third part of the series. I could have easily moved on to some other subject, some other topic, uh, but for the great import or the great importance, I believe that the Holy Spirit is placing on us, on you, on me, having an understanding of this teaching, he's asking us to stay again on this page. 
I just simply believe that we engage an ongoing conversation with the Holy Ghost and he's still speaking as such we're spending time to go deeper on this particular subject of sacrifice for a forceful turnaround praise the Lord somebody hence the reason for the part three of the series You've heard me say over and over about the great importance and relevance of reputation when it comes to teaching. When I was younger pastor, younger teacher, I found it very difficult to repeat the same thing over and over again. There was that nasty habit to always try to teach the people, to preach the people something new and something different. But as I grew older, not there just yet, I realized really there is nothing new under the sun. Secondly, I also realize that teaching a people once is never sufficient for them to understand what the Lord said to them. That's why the Bible says in Romans 10, 17 that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. A particular man of God, Apostle Maldono Guello said that never you listen to a relevant message once. Never you listen to a revelatory message just once because hearing a revelatory message just once has not done you as much good as it could do you if you hear that word over and over again. So you hear Apostle Paul uh, speaking to the church where he passed and he began to tell them about the great import of bringing to their remembrance the things he spoke to them aforetime because spiritual truth can easily slip away. So saint, you must learn the habit to plug your ear to the word of God. If you haven't learned the habit to sleep with the teaching tape yet, you ought to learn that habit. It will do you an ounce of good more than you can ever imagine before. Why? When you sleep, your spirit doesn't sleep. Your spirit is alert and alive and every now and then the message you're listening to filters into your spirit and revives, re-energizes and quickens your spirit. You have to understand that you're strong externally to the degree to which you are strong internally. The Bible says the strong spirit of a man sustains him in his bodily infirmities. So if your spirit is weak, your body will ultimately be weak. So what sustains your physical body is not just a right diet only that is important, but also a spiritual diet that comes to strengthen your inner man will also ultimately strengthen your outer man. Somebody shout a big amen. You have to learn to stop by at the tape desk, at the tape ministry and buy CDs and buy DVDs and go back home in your car, in your bedroom, in your offices and hear over and over and over again. It's not enough to hear a revelatory message just once. Somebody chat a big amen. The reality of experiencing ego's flight is hinged on us having certain understanding from the word of God, certain principles from the word of God, not just hearing them, not just understanding, but acting upon them. We've said over and over, it is not the hearers that will be saved, but the doers of the word of God that will be saved. And I've always taught, I will teach again. You have to hear and they hear and they hear to the point where you don't hear only, but there is a tipping point where you begin to be a doer of the word of God. You're wondering, why am I struggling to walk right, to live right, to give, to pay my tithe, to love people? Maybe you've not heard the word of God related to that particular area long enough, the amount of the word of God enough to bring it to the point where you are a doer, not a hearer. So keep on hearing the word of faith. Keep on hearing the word that pertains to your healing. Sooner than later, there will come a, a, a tipping point where the water will fill the cup to the point of overflow. And when there is an overflow, people around you will know that you're now at the point of manifestation. Touch your neighbor and say, keep your ears glued to the word of God. Come on, preach like a preacher. This is good heart, I'm back home. Preach like a preacher. Keep your ears glued to the word of God. Praise God. Remember that it's doers and not hearers that will be saved. Glory to God. I mentioned earlier in the course of teaching part one and two of this series how it is that a few days before that the word sacrifice seemed to continually pop into my heart or in my heart. Sacrifice. Sacrifices rang like a bell, like a broken record. Sacrifice. And as I mentioned earlier also, I began to quickly assume that I knew what God was saying to me about sacrifice. 
And we want to see sacrifice at three levels. We've seen the first two levels also. I'll recap that. But tonight in particular, we want to spend more time in seeing the third level and the third dimension of what I understand sacrifice to be. We saw that sacrifice essentially, number one, is something that is tied to prayer. We saw in our text that bind the sacrifice to the altar. So we see also that an altar is never complete without you laying a sacrifice on the altar. We saw in 1 Kings chapter 18, uh, the drama at Mount Carmel where there were 450 uh, prophets of Baal who were mocking God and said, where is your God? But there was one who stood up who was called Elijah, who knew how to call down fire from heaven. And in our day, in our age, people are asking, where is the God of Elijah? Let him respond to us today. But God is asking, where are the Elijahs of God? A people of like passion who know how to call upon God and God will answer and bind the heavens. Who know how to call upon God again and God will open the heavens and release rain. I pray, I believe that those kinds of Elijahs, they are on the rise from this company. Many other companies are across the globe, in Japan, in Tokyo, in UAE, in Dubai, in Korea, in Southern America, in Northern America, in Southern Africa, Central Africa, North, Af North, North Africa, Central, Western Africa. I believe in pockets and twinkles that God is raising amazing people across the face of the earth. Listen, they don't look like it. Why? These people are trained in the wild. God will call the most of unlikely people to do the least of likely things. They don't look like they have the pedigree of a degree. Why? God will choose the unqualified and he will qualify the called and he will use them to do mighty things. Are you under the sound of my voice? You look at yourself. I don't have the degree. I don't have the pedigree. I don't have the class, the panache. You may just be the one that God said he is choosing for such a time as this so that the glory will not be shared by you and with God but the glory will be to unto God when you look at my life you know I have no first degree in theology I have no masters in divinity no PhD in theology yet a broken vessel that God will pick from the backside of a village in Oko and do mighty and great things you know I can't share the glory likewise God is taking you from zero to hero, from the bottom to the top, from the back to the front, that nobody can share the glory with God. Somebody shout, all the glory belongs to Jesus. God will do strange things in your life before the year is over. That even you will say, my God, this has got to be God at work. From the bottom to the top, you will say, my God, this has got to be God at work. Your application for the contract will float from the bottom of the stack. Yet to copper and rise up like the axe head that rose from the bottom of the water and floated. Men will say, this is the doing of the Lord. It is marvelous in our lives. You don't have the degree of the pedigree. Welcome to those whom the Lord is calling in this day, in this generation. Where are the Davids? The seeming non-entities in the eyes of men. Where are the Josephs? Don't have the age. Eleven son. Of Jacob, the eleventh hour one. Who showed up just before the midnight hour. Where are the Josephs? Don't qualify by way of birth order. Where are the Davids? Where are those who don't look like it? God said, I'm choosing least of unlikely people to do the greatest of things in this day and generation. Somebody shout, I believe I receive. You can't separate the altar of prayer from sacrifice. We've seen that in our teaching. Don't want to belabor the point. The other point we emphasize in the first two parts of this teaching is the reality that your sacrifices can actually bring about a forceful turnaround in your life. And it's not really that you're bribing God with what you do. No, no, no. Don't you ever be mistaken that you can give to God and that God will respond to you because you give to him. No, no, no. 
You can't make God do what God doesn't want to do because you gave him your house and your car or your wife or your husband. No, 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 no way. But the truth is that God will test you. He's testing you not so you can fail. He's testing you so he can promote you. Praise God. People say he's tempted, but it's not tempt. God cannot be tempted with evil. Neither does he tempt any man. But God does test his people. Before God lifted Abraham to really, really be the father of nations, he had to place a demand on the promised seed. Not Ishmael, but Isaac. Some of you have Isaac and some of you have Ishmael. You're willing to lay up Ishmael, but not Isaac. Who is Ishmael? What is Ishmael? Ishmael is what your strength brought about. It's what your trickery and your gimmicks brought about. Ishmael is what your games brought about. Ishmael is what your sweat and your labor, your toil outside God brought about. It's easy to lay up Ishmael on the altar, but, 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 but Isaac is too precious to lay down because you have to wait for Isaac to come. God never demands for Ishmael's. He demands for Isaac. You have three vehicles in your house. You know, one is a one-eyed, you know, one-eyed uh, VW. We call it in Japan those days, you know. And when you move with that VW, people hear you from three, four buildings down the road with your royal serene coming. That's one vehicle. The other vehicle may be a Toyota Camry there. You know, half, you know, half alive, half dead. But there is another car that, you know what I'm saying? Uh, that, that E-class or that C-class that you know is your favorite machine, really comfortable. You, you think when God shows up in your house and is going to place a demand on one of three vehicles, you think that God is going to place a demand on your Ishmael? You must be joking. He is going to ask you for your Isaac. You say, God, that sounds mean and wicked. No. He wants to promote you. He wants to lift you. How come a prophet will show up in the house of one widow? Has no pity, has no mercy, has no compassion. I says, widow, you can't eat and die. Give me. It's not because God is wicked. God wants to release to that widow an overflow. Something that she will eat throughout the year of famine and never lack. There are things God wants to do in your life that will literally hold bound recession. Hold bound the law of demand and the law of supply. Why? The spiritual laws are higher than natural laws. When you lay down the sacrifice, heaven rejoices heaven smiles heaven knows you've passed the test for your promotion i pray that somebody under the sound of my voice you will pass the next test for your promotion it is easier said than done you can hear people who testify about what they had to do to get where they got to i, I can't tell you the things that god has place a demand on my humble life in the 30 plus years I've walked with him. Sometimes I say, God, this seems so mean. My only vehicle that is working, my only this, my only that, to get up from this and lay down. But I realize now God had much more in his hands. And he was saying, my son, until you let go of what is in your hand, I will not let go of what is in my hand. From experience, each time I was able and willing to let go of what was in my hand. There was pain. I lie not. There was pain. The pain I experienced about a year ago when I left where I left, the bile still rises in my taste bonds. But I look back and I say, God, no kind of pain is comparable to the grace and the glory that you're percolating upon my life and upon the lives of them you sent me to. The gain is never compared to the pain. The sacrifice is well worth it. To leave your job, to step out in faith, is well worth it. To leave that six, seven year relationship, not marriage, that you know is ungodly, You've struggled, you've patched, you've repaired, you've panabited, you've organized a tire, and you know deep within you, this is not of God. You're only holding on to something that is fleeting and fading. If only you let go, it'll surprise you that Isaac is waiting. 
Some of us have had to let go of relationships because God had a better one in mind. Who am I talking to? Who am I preaching to? What job are you doing? What company are you doing? You know within your time has expired. You just know it. You've heard me say a four times, I will say again, for whatever is worth. Be in the right place longer than necessary makes the right place a wrong place for you. Write it down. Please write it down. We are in the last of the last days. Our safety is found in being where God will have us to be per time. Per time. You can't be out of God's plan and seek for safety. It's dangerous. The safest place in this world to be is to be in his presence. Psalm 16 verse 11. Thou will show me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. Joy is found at the full measure where in the presence of the Lord. There is deliverance in his presence. There is safety in his presence. There is productivity in his presence. There is fruitfulness in his presence. There is healing and health and wholeness in his presence. There is anointing. There is power. There is grace. There is glory in his presence. That's what beyond the veil is. Going beyond the external trappings that people find at the foot of Mount Sinai. Thank God for the breakthroughs, but there's more than breakthrough. There is the breaker. The breaker wants to give you himself. Not just the breakthrough, he wants to give you himself. Our Father is looking for a people upon the face of the earth who he will not only visit, but he will habit. We've preached about mighty visitations in countries and continents and churches. We've preached about revival, the mighty moves of the Holy Ghost. But God is saying, in this day, in this age, I want to go beyond visitation. I want to talk to the church about habitation. That means some people upon the face of the earth, there will be tangible carriers, oh my God, of the glory of the Lord. You walk into a place and know God just walked in. You walk into an office, they know that God just walked in. You walk into a home, a family, they will know God walked in. Walk into a company, the banking hall, they will know God. You walk into a plane, they will know God. Why? You're carrying the aura of the Shekinah glory. Somebody shout, I believe I receive. Come on, shout, I believe I receive. Beyond the outer court, beyond the trappings of prosperity, moving to legacy, moving to eternity. The children of Israel, they were happy being at the foot of the mountain of Sinai. Moses said, no, 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 no. I, I want to go up to Mount Sinai. Mm. There is a place that is called there. Mm. I want to go beyond the crowd. You know, it's a few that step out from the crowd. Because there is something called, you know, something called the, the, the crowd mentality. You know, the chickens and the pigeons, uh, they love the crowd. But, but I love the eagle as a bird. Uh, the eagles don't love to hang around crowd. The eagles, uh, they fly solitary. Oh, is there anybody who is really, really, really willing to be a true eagle of heaven here on the earth? You can't be satiated. You can't be satisfied. Be around the crowd. Uh, the crowd will tell you, nobody can get there. The crowd will tell you, nobody can carry that anointing. The crowd will tell you, Nobody can walk in purity and holiness. Nobody can walk in sanctity. The crowd will tell you everybody is lying. Everybody's sleeping with somebody. Everybody's stealing. No, sir. There are people who are stepping out from the crowd. They're determined for integrity, character, transparency, and holiness. Somebody shout, I believe I receive. You can't 
be satisfied living an ordinary life as a Christian. The chicken mentality, pecking the dust, paka, 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 paka. Look up beyond the hills. Look up beyond the mountains from whence comes your help. The story has been told about the baby eagle who was hatched in the midst of chickens. It grew thinking that it was a chicken. At the things the other chickens ate, imitated the mother hen and thought the mother hen was its own mother. But once upon a time, they went to the riverbank and this little eaglet looked into the water, shimmering like a mirror. He saw something that reminded him of him. As he looked into the water, he saw himself. But also reflecting in celestial glory, as it were, was a mighty eagle, full of majesty. He looked at the beak, it looks like me. Looked at the span of the wing and said, that looks like me. Yet he said, how is it that one that resembles me can soar to hides unimaginable, but I'm here trapped, contained with birds that are called chickens. There are many eaglets in local assemblies, in ministries, but they are trapped by what is called situational ethics. Everybody is doing it. Oh, pastor, don't get too extreme about fornication. How can a young man not express the fire in his bosom? Stop that! Without holiness, no man can see the Lord. He doesn't judge you based on situational ethics. It's a standard. Be ye holy as I am holy. God will never tell you to be something he hasn't empowered you to be. You may be an eaglet living amongst chickens but there is an inherent why you must be thankful to God to come under this kind of sound. What is the sound? It's a sound of a mother eagle that tells you, look at you. You are better than that. You are better than changing figures and documents just to have some kind of so-called breakthrough. That devil is a liar. One narrow God rightly with peace and joy is better than a billion stolen. Please, be content. Godliness with contentment is great gain. I spoke to one of my family members some days ago and said, all my life, I've never fought for one thing. I won't start today. Nothing. Nothing. Because I know everything you have to fight for with the arm of the flesh. Oh, there's place to fight. Oh, I shall fight. You don't want to mess around with this man. When it comes to devils and demons, I, 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 put, on my, I put on my best weapon. We're going to war. Hey, ho, devil, you ain't going to stand this one. No! But to fight for what God has given you? No, sir. I believe that God said, Stand still! Don't fight! And I will show you my salvation. You gotta learn to stand still. Oh boy, I've stood still many times and watched God level my enemies. Oh, months ago, they said this, they said that, you did this, you did that. I heard nothing. I kept on walking. He did this, he did that, he did that. 
Baba, Pokotumba, keep on talking. In here, out there. I'm still working after a year. They may still be saying that's their business, but you know that God's hand is upon this boy. You're listening to too much. You're paying too much attention to words of the devil. They said what? Let God be true. Every devil, every man be a liar. Just keep on walking. They call you a liar? Okay. They call you a thief? Okay. Just keep on walking. They said you did this all right. All right. What? You're standing still. So that God can fight your battles. He said to Jehoshaphat, you have no need to fight in this battle. All you will do is to raise praises. Sing to me for the Lord is good. As we have come into a new year, let's keep on singing. For the Lord has been good to Roderick for the past one year. And his mercies, they endureth forever. Look at you 12 months ago. Some of you were cowards. You were afraid. You were timid. Oh, you were broke. You were barren. But see how far God has brought you in one year. Sing, O ye barren, for the Lord is good and his mercies endureth forever. We must be thankful. 12 months of grace, 12 months of glory, 12 months of his mercy. I was sharing with some of my brethren today that sometimes because you're in a vehicle or in a plane, you don't know how fast you're moving and how far you moved. This plane called Rogic Home has been on an alarming turbo speed for the past one year. Nothing looks like one year around you. Honestly, nothing looks like one year around you. Absolutely nothing. We must be like the priest who learned to give him thanks lest he would turn our blessings into a curse. There were a set of priests who forgot to give God thanks and praise. The blessings God blessed them with was turned to a curse. Please, in this one year Rubicon, I said, church family, we must be forever thankful, forever grateful. There were instances you could have lost your mind. She you know it. It's not just about material blessings, house, car. I know we've been blessed, but look at your inside. Somebody will stand upon this holy altar and testify that I came from another local assembly to, 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 to have a personal retreat here. A retreat in another church that when he was revived, he's going back to revive others. What? The sound of revival is speaking clear, expressed. The sound that is preparing the people for the coming glory. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Sound an alarm. It's a trumpet blown in Zion. More and more I hear the sound of urgency in my heart. Much to be done with a short time as the 11th hour laborers. We have to ask God for grace to stretch us as a people. You can't be lethargic. You can't be lazy. You can't be lackadaisical. What you must do, do it now. Give, pray, serve, evangelize, witness. This time, no longer. John 9 verse 4, in the words of Jesus, the night cometh where no man can work. I must work the works of he who has sent me while it is day. Why? There is coming a night season. Roger, home. there must be a sound of urgency in your heart. The harvest is plentiful. We must rush in. The nations are waiting. It won't surprise me in this next one year that Roger will show up in cities in Nigeria and other cities across nations of the world. It won't surprise me. Where are the men? The men are being raised here. Don't get too comfortable to sit under the wing of the mother eagle, the time will come where some of you are going to be sent to Houston, sent to Lagos, sent to Enugu, sent to Yola. Why? 
There are people in Macedonia who are crying, send us help. This sound is not as common as you think it is. Sound that awakes whole souls to the reality of the love of Jesus. A sound that awakes the first love of believers. Father Lord, activate our first love again. Our first love. How we were so excited when we said yes to you five years, ten years, twenty, thirty, for more for some people here. It was doing you. It was doing me. 85 and ABU Zaria constantly had a small Gideon Bible at the side or the back of my pocket ready to pull out the word and read ready to share the word with anybody who cares to know but you know what if you're not careful comfort can lull you to sleep comfortable house comfortable car comfortable wife comfortable husband comfortable children comfortable dress now you no longer talk about about tailor made it's about designer do you know who i am who are you if you're not a child of the living god without god we're of all men most miserable job 121 naked and came naked i shall depart you will take nothing from this world that saw my father the man of letters and degrees a genius by every standards such men appear once in several years. Severally, I gaze at him in the coffin. Lifeless. Motionless. I realize this is the way of all men. From dust to dust. What happens between your birth and your death? It's based on your choices. Your decisions determine your destination. I made crazy choices. Choice to walk out of comfort. Choice to walk out of the comfort of my family name. To embrace a higher name. The name of a king of kings. Not one contract have I gotten based on a complimentary card or a note given to me by my biological father in 49 good 50 years not one contract the journey has been long the trust of this God has been long I'm so happy he stood here only around this time last year right here pronounce a blessing in my native dialect shoot here that to me is worth more than gold. More than inheritance of houses and cars. No, I'm too blessed to demand any of those things. I'm too blessed. I'm an apostle by God. You don't buy to the market. The oil is more than cars and houses. It will produce factories. My inheritance is Christ. Christ in you. Christ in me. What? What are your choices? I'm appear to be rattling like an old man. I've gone out of my script, but that's all right. That's all right. That's all right. I have no point to prove to you. I have no point to prove to you that I'm of a theological exactitude and doctrinal precision. No. The only point to be proven is that Jesus gets a hold of your heart, shakes your heart from stupor and slumber, from lethargy and laziness, shake you, wake you up from normalcy, set your heart ablaze with fire. Fire! Fire! The Bible declares, I believe in Psalm 69 verse 9, I believe it is, that the zeal of the Lord's house has eaten me up. I pray tonight, people of God, that the seal of the Lord's house will eat your heart up. Be deep. Call upon deep. And the noise 
the water spout. Can you rise for just five minutes as we pray? Lift your hand and make a fresh consecration to your God. I don't know all God has done, but he has done what he pleases to do. Oh yes, please open your mouth. I won't be a chicken. Let the eagle in me arise. Oh yes. Come on church. You have just five minutes of me time with the Holy Ghost. You want to kneel, you want to stand, you want to lie. It's your moment. You may not hear my voice, but you hear your own voice. You're on your Holy Ghost. Five solid minutes. It's your moment with the Holy Ghost. Go ahead from your heart to his heart. Go ahead. Three more solid minutes. It's your time. Ask the Lord for mercy. Grace to finish well. Kados Kliadabregados. The end of the matter is better off than the beginning. Oh God, release upon this family. The finish is anointed. Let not one be a byword and a proverb. Ha! Oh, when the trumpet sounds, let none be caught napping. Hey! Oh God, cleanse us afresh. I evoke the blood of the Lamb. Forgive us where we've wronged you. Where we've been slack. Strengthen our hands in warfare. Cleanse us of every iniquity, every spot, every blemish, every wrinkle that we may stand before you without a sense of guilt nor condemnation. We may ever come before you boldly to find grace and help in the time of need. Somebody ask for mercy. I don't know where you're coming from, but ask for mercy. I need his mercy. I feel so inadequate for this call, for this assignment. I lie not, I fail many times. I need God. That's why I weep easily. Oh, I need him. So weak of my own. But I'm grateful for his strength. He said he will never leave you nor forsake you. Hebrews 13 verse 5. Never, 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 never embrace him. Woo! Draw near unto me. I will draw near unto you. James 4, 7 and 8. Somebody draw near. Roger, let's draw near. Beyond the veil. Woo! Something is happening now. Receive the cleansing power of the blood. Wow! Deliver me, oh God, from lethargy, laxity, sexual immorality. From lying and stealing and cheating. Oh God, deliver me. Where my hand is stained with blood. Oh, forgive me and cleanse me. Can come to his high place except those whose hearts are washed, whose hands are cleansed, whose feet is sanctified. Only they can go to the high places of Zion. Ask the Lord for mercy. As a church, we ask for mercy. Let's ask the Lord to forgive us anywhere we fell short in the past one year, anywhere we fell short in our prayer life, in our life of consecration. In our study life, oh God, forgive us. Restore to us lost opportunities, lost times of the past one year. Are you praying? Pray for Roger. Pray for the entire family. Everyone who is not here, let's pray for all. We pray for ourselves as a church. Forgive us where we failed you in the past one year. Strengthen us in this new year to do better, to do more for you and with you. Push that one now. Keep my hands to war. Fingers to battle. I choose purity. I choose holiness. I choose sanctity. Hey, upon Mount Zion shall be deliverance, shall be holiness. Oh yes, and they shall possess their possession. The sons of Jacob. Oh God, we are Zion crying for help 
and for mercy I want you to pray for the leadership of this house beginning from your pastor oh God anoint your set man afresh anoint the leadership anoint the eldership anoint the workforce not shall be slack back at baptize us with zeal for your house not shall be slack no lethargy let's cause late coming to church let's cast out that spirit of late coming we drive it away cause us to come to your gathering oh god with a sense of renewed urgency prompt diligent faithful you repent look up when you need to repent Wow, wow, yes. Restore to us the joy of your salvation. Place your right hand on your chest. Lift your left hand up to God and to heaven. Repeat after me very solemnly. Heavenly Father, Jesus, my Lord and my King, sweet Holy Spirit, here I am in the company of the saints, presenting my entire life before you as a living sacrifice. My spirit, my soul, my physical body, I yield completely to your will. Kingdom of God, come. Will of God alone be done in my life, in my family, in my household, concerning the works of my hand, concerning all you've called me to do. I declare only your will be done in the name of Jesus. My Father and my God, forgive me in ways I've wronged you in the past few months in particular. As a church family, as a corporate entity, we declare and decree every good thing we've seen since the inception of this apostolic mandate has been of you. We return the glory back to you deliberately intentionally purposefully not one of us can share your glory oh god i desire in this new year that you take me deeper you take us deeper beyond the shallow waters to the deep waters beyond the veil to the inner sanctum of your holy presence oh god take me deeper do a deep walk do a deep walk. Do an eternal walk in my heart. From tonight, set my heart. I'm blessed for you. I'm blessed for prayer. I'm blessed for study. I'm blessed for witnessing. I'm blessed for giving. Deliver me from stinginess. Deliver me from being miserly. From tonight, I receive a baptism of generosity. A baptism of liberality in the name of Jesus Christ freely I've received freely I give unto others in the name of Jesus thank you my father now raise both hands and just thank him a new you is emerging from this hall wow thank him wow you have just experienced the preaching and teaching ministry of Pastor Goodhart Obi Ekweme, lead pastor of Revival House of Glory International Church, Rajik, and the apostolic leader of the Horn of Revival Ministry, HORM, a global outreach ministry mandated to carry the torch of revival across cities and nations. If you would like to ask a question, share your prayer request or testimony, 
or get more messages or books from Pastor Goodhart, please call or text 0805-223-4444 or email info at rogic.org. That's info at rhogic.org. Also, download the Horn of Revival Ministry app on Google Play or Apple Store to connect with a variety of free quality resources including Rogic Radio and our refreshing daily devotions to take you higher in life. And for real-time ministry, you can follow Pastor Goodhart on Twitter and Instagram. The handle is at Pastor Goodhart. Keep hearing the Word of God. It will produce intimacy with His Spirit for uncommon encounters on the earth. Sunday and Midweek Service Day There are days many people traditionally get up in their best outfits and gather together to scratch a religious itch. But not anymore. At Revival House of Glory International Church, Rogic, Sunday and Wednesday are not just church because God is very deliberate about his agenda in this age and church as usual will not cut it in the times we're in. Revival House of Glory International Church, Rogic, is an apostolic gathering of God's people experiencing old-time revival for new era realities. God is bringing back his power and is calling you to carry it to the world. Sunday celebration service at 8 a.m. on Sundays and the Word and Worship Wednesday service every Wednesday at 5.45 p.m. at Rogic. All hold at the Golden Bird Event Center, Plot 859, A. Ame Ebute Street, Wye District, Abuja. And your host is Goodhart Obi Ekweme. On Sunday at 8 a.m. and Wednesday at 5.45 p.m. Don't just come to church, be the church. After all, there's already enough religion in the world. Revival House of Glory International Church is an expression of the Horn of Revival Ministry.